of one true experience from their childhood and how that event has impacted who they are today. I'm your host, Jay Rehack, and like you, I've had my share of childhood experiences that have impacted who I am. But I'd like to think that everything that happened to me has made me a better person. It's probably not true, but that's what I like to think. Tell Me What Happened is sponsored by Sidelining Publishing, publishers of quality books, including Susan Salador's classics, I've got peace in my fingers and one little act of kindness. All right, today I have as my guest, Harker Jones. Harker is an author and screenwriter living in Los Angeles, California. Welcome to the show, Harker. Thanks for having me, Jay. I'm excited to be here and tell my sad little story. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry it's sad, but I am looking forward to hearing it, Harker. We don't know each other, but I sort of contacted you through an email uh, and the story that you told me or you suggested you're going to tell me is something that I'm very interested in. So so take it away, Harker. Sounds good. All right. Well, as Jay said, my name is Harker Jones. I grew up on a dirt road in Michigan. I was painfully, painfully shy as a child. And my sister is two years younger than I am. And when I was maybe six and she was four, we went, my parents took us to Mackinac Island, which if you don't know, is in a beautiful old timey kind of island between the lower peninsula and the upper peninsula of Michigan. And so we were up there just, just to go, I guess. And we had our caricatures drawn by some rando guy, you know, who was making 10 bucks a pop doing it. And so he did one of my sister and one of me. My sister's teeth titled Tamath of the Cutie. Where mine said Parker the Clown, and I was like, I mean, I'm I'm six years old, you know. But I was like, why am I not cute? Why am I a clown? And I was already so so shy. I certainly didn't have the confidence to shake that. And I get it, especially then. You know, girls are attractive and boys are smart or athletic. And I was a skinny, skinny child, so I wasn't athletic. And I guess he just went with funny instead of smart. I don't know, but it really really stuck with me. So these caricatures hung in our house is a constant reminder for like our whole lives. No one knew that, that I was upset by this, that this had, had thrown me off course. And it didn't hurt or didn't help that my sister was pretty. She was pretty, you know, she was a cutie, you know, <laughs> which is fine and fantastic. Everyone wants to be beautiful. I get it. But I remember also, so this was through my, my whole life. It was just like, I'm not the beautiful one. I'm not beautiful. And I didn't think I was hideous, and I'm not, but and I wasn't. But at the same time, like to, to get that kind of reinforcement throughout was just awful because all the boys were interested in my sister. No one literally was interested in me. Not that we were going for the same guys or anything like that. I don't mean it in that way, but just like that just compounded it. And then I remember when she was graduating from high school. A card from our, like, kind of our godparents, it said, Oh my God, Tammy looks so great. She's growing up to be such a beautiful young lady. Oh, and of course, Harker does too, in afterthought. And I know that was not the intent. 
They didn't know that I would see this. And that stuck with me as well. And this shaped me like throughout my life, <laughs> throughout college, as an adult, everyone was interested in my friends. No one was interested in me. I still shudder when someone comes up to me to say about my friend, hey, your friend's kind of cute. Even though I have a partner of 18 and a half years and I get attention now, it's still like I could not do that to someone because I was always the friend. So I, I, I have never and would never go up to someone and say, hey, can you hook me up with your friend because they're hot? Because the implication is you were not. And it just, oh my God, it makes my soul hurt. So this haunted me <laughs> for literally decades and it affected my entire self-image undermined my self-confidence. And again, not just the caricature. I don't even know if that was the first thing that kicked it off, but that is the thing I remember. But everyone watching my friends, everyone. So then there's also how much of it was that people were subconsciously sensing my insecurity and not wanting to get involved in that, which is fair. You know, <laughs> if someone's that insecure, do you really want to engage? But also how much of my insecurity was fueled by everyone wanting my friends. So I, I don't know where it started or how it went. It was a vicious circle until I broke it. I was, God, I'm gonna say 32, I don't know. And I was like 115 pounds still. Like I was still a really skinny person. It was natural. I was just naturally very thin. So I joined and committed to a gym and I started to see a therapist and a hypnotherapist. <laughs> All at the same time. And I still go to the gym. It's been a while, a number of years. I go to the gym basically every day at lunch. So, so I really committed to it. I really committed to it. And once I did make these steps, take these steps, I finally, finally started feeling good about myself. And I don't know, there was not a moment where I was like, think like the hypnotherapist or something like it. Something fell into place. Nothing specific that I remember. I think just cumulatively, these three things really changed me. And as I gained confidence, I started getting attention. And of course my body had changed. It wasn't 115 pounds anymore, which is more than that, it was my mindset. I felt confident and people responded to that. So years later, my sister, I don't know how this came up, but she told me that she had felt the opposite. Everyone would say like, oh, oh, he's so smart. So that read to her, I'm not. People don't know how their words affect others. All of us, including myself, all of us, especially kids. Kids notice and process so much, so much, even unconsciously. And how much is conscious? I'm so aware when I'm talking about child, like, God, this could be something they remember for the rest of their life. <laughs> and I don't try to be super upbeat or weird about it or anything like that. But I'm just aware of how I speak to children because I know how sensitive they can be. So at any rate, so I moved to LA. I became managing editor of Out Magazine. I was there for seven years. I wrote a love story called Until September, which has sold 1,400 copies. I've had two successful films on the festival circuit. I'm a member of LA Drama Critics Circle and of Mensa. I have a pretty good life. I've got really good friends. I've got a great partner, a crazy cat. And it even incorporated the story about the caricatures into a screenplay I wrote. It's a rom-com, <laughs> the raunchiest one I've written. <laughs> it's a rom-com. And that was part of how I processed it. What people don't know when they read it, so much of it is autobiographical, but I don't tell them because I'm embarrassed that I was treated that way, that, that people said those things to me, that, that these various things happened to me. And while I appreciate it when people like it, 
I still heard somebody point out something that the lead character goes through saying, it's really funny when this happened to Nick. It hurts my heart because all I can think is it wasn't funny when it happened to me. And that's my story. Harker, I'm so sorry that all happened to you, man. I mean, I don't know you. I just met you. But I mean, <laughs> it's a strange, strange world that we live in. Like you said, a caricature. The thing that bothers me most about that story is, is that that picture hung in the, in the family the house for as long as it did. And I'm sorry that, you know, the little six-year-old couldn't just somehow reach up and take, rip it off the wall and have it accidentally break on the floor or something. I, I, I don't know. I just, it, it pains me to think about it. And I do understand. And again, that's one of the reasons that I was interested in your story is, is that it seemed like a small thing to others, I'm sure, that the caricature of that your sister is whatever she's pretty and you're more of a clown or whatever and i do think there probably was i'm guessing but there probably was some gender issues in all that i don't know but it makes sense to me that almost always the caricature guys or whatever it's like the girl's cute they can't say the guy's cute maybe that maybe right. that's maybe that's culturally not acceptable to some people right exactly but, you know i understood that as i continued to to grow up it didn't help. <laughs> you know, I got that, but I was still like, oh, and it wasn't like a funny kid. It wasn't cracking jokes all the time. I wasn't a jokester, like, in which case it would have been appropriate. <laughs> right, I, right. Where do you get that from that I'm a, I'm a joker? Where did where the caricature get? Where do you get that from? Uh, my parents just sold their house. I grew up at a lake and they sold their house. So I was there, God, like two weeks ago helping close things up. It's very emotional. I'm the only one who seems devastated by this whatever but so my sister was there and we were maybe it's because i live so far away and have for so long that it's it, like that was always an anchor i don't know but so as we're trying to clean things up these caricatures are still hanging and one no of them, no no so i'm standing there with my sister and i told her about it i was just like this is fucked me up now my whole life because i do feel better now don't get me wrong i still have moments and I, I see some people and I'm just like, I can't even imagine what it's like to be beautiful. Again, I don't think I'm hideous. And I get attention. I have a you fine. So it's really about my self-confidence. But I just like look at people. I'm like, you have such a leg up just because of the way you look. And I, I mean, I envy it. I don't resent it from them. It's not their fault. It's the luck of the draw. But yeah, so I told my sister about that when I was there a couple of weeks back. I was like, this affected my life for decades. Because I never told anyone. It's in my screenplay, but no one knows it. That's true until okay. now. <laughs> yes. Well, how's your sister doing? How did she handle that? I'm. You know, you sort of, by the way, you sort of already answered the question, how it impacted your life. You did a nice job just transitioning into that. So I kind of have a sense of that. But how did your sister take that reflection that you gave her just a couple weeks ago? I mean, about it, it negatively impacted me. Was she surprised by that? Or did she say, hey, you know, why didn't you say something? What did she say? she was surprised she wasn't like why didn't you say something so much as like oh she didn't laugh it off don't get me wrong mm -hmm. but she was like oh god seriously mm -hmm. yeah and it's been hanging here the whole time <laughs> you know so it, and it doesn't bother me to see it then anymore but it's still like i guess it does it'll ding every time it plucks at my heart every time i see them so she, she was just surprised and a little taken aback at something that she probably had Probably she was so young, like four, probably doesn't remember happening. And I don't know if I remember or if I just kind of created a memory because they've been there for so long and it affected me so much. Do I remember this happening? 
maybe <laughs> kind of yeah. but so i think for her something she doesn't even remember she's like oh that was just some illustration on the wall and that that messed you up <laughs> tell me tell me that you destroyed it when you were there is it what did you do you didn't put it into a box did you, you I did not. I don't know what happened with them. I, I'll ask at some point. Mostly just throw it away. It. What? You don't want to ask them to throw it away? No, I don't know. I didn't think about it till now. You're saying it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's theirs. And if they said, oh, you should take this with you because it's yours, I would say no. <laughs> I took photos of them at one point. Okay. Like, I, I don't, in some ways, I don't want to forget that they exist because it did affect me so much. Pretending that it never happened doesn't help anyone. I mean, I guess just me, I'm the only one who's affected, but you know, it, it doesn't help. So okay. to remember that that's there and how that affected me, I think also kind of going to your general question of how this has impacted me now as an adult, it reminds me of how, how I was six. Can you be insecure at six? I guess so, how sensitive I was and how much I've changed and how much I've grown. And it, it's it's a good it's good to have markers to see how far you've come. I like it. I like it. Well, listen, yeah, no disrespect to the person you're with for 18 and a half years, but you seem like a, a very handsome person to me. <laughs> you know, you just so you know, I mean, you know, I, I think you look fine. <laughs> Whatever it's <laughs> fine. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, uh, say the wrong thing myself in terms of, uh, you know, like I said, have your, have your lover come after me or something, but you, know, you, look, fine, you, look, you look fine to me. And I, you know, I want you to, uh, I, I hear you so much in terms of just the notion of what we say to young people or various memories like this can be more devastating than we realize. And I do, I wish your parents would just hear this and then make sure they throw that away or burn whatever it was, or, or write you a note and saying, hey, look, sorry about that. We had no idea because- They had no clue. Hey, but it's on the wall, get it off the wall. That's what I say. <laughs> but I, you know, I know it's, it, it's, it's not for me to say. Uh, I did right. meet a girl really quick at a, an event years ago now. She was maybe 11, I don't know. And we were up on a rooftop, I don't know, some art event downtown. And I ended up talking to her. Her parents came over to make sure I wasn't a creep. And I was glad they did because I'm not. But like, they need to make sure I'm not. But she was talking about how she had issues at school and various issues I don't remember specifically. And I just remember telling her, I just didn't want to talk down to her. I was like, oh, you'll be fine. It gets better. People don't remember what it's like to be a child. I think that's weird. So I just told her, I was just like, it gets better. Then it gets worse then it gets better, then it gets worse. So this is terrible. You're in seventh grade it is the worst. Seventh and eighth are the worst years. And again, it gets bad again. <laughs> like, these are the worst years. And I think about her all, she was so lovely and just loved me so much. I've never seen her again. Don't know her name, could not find her now. She's probably at least 22, 23 now. There's no way to know, but like I was really conscious then about what I was saying to her because I didn't want to undermine what she was going through which I think most adults would, just not meaning to, you know? Right, yeah. trying to make people feel better by saying no no big deal or this or that, and that's the wrong line. I hear you, I, I taught seventh and eighth grade for many years, and I also taught high school. I saw vulnerabilities that astounded me to a certain extent. And, and then actually years later, people would say to me, students say, 
you know, when you said this to me, it changed, really affected me. And I go, I don't remember even saying it, but thank right. you. I'm, I'm glad it was a good thing. I, I'm glad you remember me saying something nice and not something, you know, <laughs> devastated you because I actually do believe that uh, as we we both do as writers, or whatever, that words words matter. And as a consequence, we got to be careful what we say to young people and, and even old guys like, <laughs> or older people like myself. I mean, you know, I, I, I still don't like to hear uh, words that are, are are hurtful and you know i think i'm a little bit more bulletproof than i once was but i still don't like to hear negativity and um, right. yeah I still, I still don't want to be called the clown right right right, right. <laughs> oh, oh. all right well listen i want to thank you harker for being on the show which we're having here is really nice obviously this is a way of processing and exercising the ghost that still lingers <laughs> somewhat somewhat I hear you, man. And I think, I think, Harker, that I, I honestly believe that some of the stories that we tell help people. And like you said, maybe the 11 year old hears this somewhere down the road and goes, I remember that man. And he was trying to tell me a truth. He wasn't trying to sugarcoat it. He was trying to help me understand how things go. And I do think in the end, this notion of processing and going through things and then realizing, you know, I, you, you used as many, uh, different tools as you could, you know, the hypnotherapy and the therapy and just being with someone for 18 and a half years, trying to reinforce the positive elements of you. And so that you're not trying to heal you, I guess, is, is the way it always goes. And, and I do believe in my heart that uh, that is what storytelling is too, is it's cathartic, it's healing. And I like, I look forward to seeing the movie when it comes out, I know it'll be, Nick will be going through some things. I guess he's your main character. He'll be going through some things yeah. and I, I'll, I'll feel his pain. That's all I can say. And I won't tell you which parts are actually autobiographical because some of it's not. <laughs> I'll let people figure that out. Well, thanks again, Harker. Thank you so much for having me. All right, well, that's our show. Again, I thank Harker Jones for telling us that painful story. I'd also like to thank my sponsors, Sidelining Publishing, Publishers of Quality Books and LaughSaver.com. Remember to go to LaughSaver.com and record your laughter. So until next time, this is Jay Rehack asking you all to please stay safe out there and try not to hurt anybody.